The NFLPA Bowl is tomorrow, and Gerald Huggins of Draft HBCU comes on to help us break down each of the five HBCU prospects you'll catch in that game. Oh yeah, it's Locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked on HBCU podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor. Thank you for going on this journey with me, making Locked on HBCU your first listen of the day every day remember just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over it just means it's time to follow me on twitter at south exclusives don't forget the s on the end if you're on the audio side of things and today's episode is brought to you by fanduel sportsbook the official sportsbook of locked on make every moment more visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started and i already told you guys in the opening we got gerald huggins is going to be the full episode and we're going to be talking about the five hbcu prospects in the nfl pa bowl and then also what this game just means for those prospects in general. All right, Gerald. So at Draft HBCU, you've studied a bunch of draft cycles. You've been through a bunch of these pre-draft showdowns, these bowl games and all of that. How do you feel like scouts typically weigh what you do in the in these games versus what you do on your tape when we're talking about FCS prospects? Uh, I think the biggest thing with FCS prospects, like we always say at Draft HBCU, um, you have to perform when you play out of conference because believe it or not, as much as we love our institutions and how great we think they are and can be, everybody doesn't view us that way. So when you play outside of your conference, you have to play very well. That's how the guys that get drafted for the most part out of HBCUs played really well in out of conference games. That's why it's very important to have a, out of a very strong out of conference schedule, just have somewhat of an out of conference schedule. That's why the MEAC, you know, I, you know, people have their, what they want to say about the MEAC, but they play a really good out-of-conference schedule but do that due to numbers or whatever. The swag doesn't really have that same ability, but they could if they really wanted to. Um, and even CIAA, SEAC schools, they play out-of-conference all the time. I mean, D2, they play out-of-conference all the time. First three games, you got three, four games, you got a conference. So, um, but then when you come to the bowl games, really, it's like, yo, just, I think I might have said this last year, like, do you look like you belong? Like, some people just look like they don't belong. Like, why are you here? How did you get selected to be one of the best recruits, best prospects to come out this year to go to the NFL, XFL, USFL, you name it? So just really looking like you belong. Like, you know, you look like you can read your keys properly. You're not looking like, you you know, you're dropping the ball on catches you always would make any other time. You know, like you're able to, you know, show that you are physically able to hold up against, you know, the FCS, FBS guys as well. So that goes for D2 guys too because we got a bunch of D2 guys and these uh, – postseason bowls so i mean it's just it's good to see i mean for the most part we haven't been embarrassed in yeah. poll in the bowl games since i've since i've been covering hbcus i mean we usually produce pretty well but we also they also do a really good ch- job of selecting the right hbcu player which is fine because that's how it's supposed to be top prospect so yeah that's what i say it's a little bit of combination of both so when you're looking at just okay i know this means so much because i have to show that i belong what's the mindset you know you play what is the mindset of You've been doing something all year. You know who you are. But now there's a 
a larger spotlight on this specific moment. What's the mindset of going of that going into the game? Uh, I mean, for me, it was more. I know when I was in high school. I mean, I'm from Brooklyn, so you know, I went to camps down south, played down south, and you know, you got real football players, right? Uh, down that's south. That's what they say, but um, <laughs> but I mean, once you get down there, you just gotta first. You gotta just get rid of the culture shock. It's like, oh my god, like he's from Arkansas, he's from Bama, he's from no. He sweats like you, he bleeds like you, and his bones will break the same. So, I mean, I'm not saying that you should do it, but I'm just saying, like, you know, y'all are humans. I mean, y'all are both human, and that's how you should look at it. Your mindset should be, okay, I was coached well, too. I might have went to a smaller school, but I have a good coach. I have a good coach. I hit the weight room, too. I do my speed training. I'm in my playbook. I watch film. I can do this. So once you get all that, the fluff out, I got to call it the fluff out of the way, like, it's just football. I mean, <laughs> it's blocking, tackling catching running like people make it harder than it needs to be you know but that's just because people get stuck in that stuck in their ways or they get lost in their own head um so that's the mentality you got to have like listen i play football too and you're not a god you yeah you, you know say so that's just the mentality you got to have to be successful and when you're looking at just this game in particular or no matter of fact i'm not going to go there because we have our players and we're going to get into them specifically but I was talking to somebody at the Senior Bowl, I'll ask you this question. I was talking to somebody at the Senior Bowl last year, and they were talking to me about how the practices are significantly more important than the actual game because you mm -hmm. get to see rep after rep after rep. Do you feel that same way about the NFL PA Bowl and all of these games? Oh, for sure. Yeah, you got the, the practices. Are, I mean, I always say practices, the, practice is the hardest part of football. Everybody knows that. Like practice, if you love practice, you're going to, you know, football is like you really love football. There's guys that hate practicing. There's guys that really just like, oh, man, I just show up for the game. I ain't worried about it, dog. And those guys always end up flaming out for the most part. you got anomalies that are just really freak athletes and just really like, wow, they're really good at football. They don't practice hard, but every time they play, they're showing up on tape. But that's not everybody. And at the end of the day, coming from an HBCU, you can't have that mentality. I hope not. Definitely going to a senior bowl, shrine bowl, NFL PA bowl, tropical bowl. doesn't matter. CGS showed that. It doesn't matter. So you just got to make sure that during those practices, you are showcasing your best abilities as possible. Like that's because that's all eyes are on you when that one rep is occurring. And then you have a bunch of scouts. You have a bunch of coaches. Everybody's looking at that one rep when you going against that guy. There's nothing like it. Very. It's like it's like the one. This is like the one of the opportunities where it's like, OK, you know, football is a team sport. Not for that rep. This is one on one, man on man. All 32 scouts are looking. Then you got the XFL scouts, CFL scouts, USFL scouts, your coaches from high school, your coaches from college. Everybody's looking at you to make one good rep. And then guess what? If you pass, if you know, in pass pro to pass, you know, one-on-ones, then it's like, okay, you get two tries. So you got two shots to show that you are a good ball player and you belong for the most part. And, I mean, it sounds crazy. Because it's multiple reps, but that first impression is heavy. So, like, yeah, our guys, when they have their first one-on-one, -on -one, they have to show, like, okay, we're here. That's why I always tell my kids, like, when you first get to college, just start a bull somebody. Just let them know I'm not scared of you. Like, yeah. Let them throw your crown and your helmet into his chest and you blow him up. That's what that's – you just got to – you got to establish your dominance. That's my my homeboy, Coach Kev, would say. Establish your dominance early. Make it simple. And moving forward. And moving forward, we're going to ask the question that I was about to ask, but we're going to be way more specific 
than I was going to be. And we're going to look into what Gerald wants to see out of these players, each as individuals in this specific game, as we continue with Locked on HBCU. Before we get into that, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. And this for all of my people who are down with sports wagering. By the way, since we're talking about the NFL, pick a, pick a coach, all right? Carolina, this is for you, Gerald. I'm telling you and your squad to pick a coach, man. But this is what we're looking at. We're looking at the NFL playoffs. We're talking about Burrow versus Mahomes. We're talking about Hurts versus Purdy and that defense. This is going to be some very interesting matchups that we have in this week's championship edition. And put your money down on FanDuel. Make every moment more. You can go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. And after you put down your first $5, if you are a new user and just formed a new account, you will get $100. $150, one zero, $150 in free bets. So all you have to do is put down $5. Whether you win or lose, you get $150 back. I think that's the definition of making every moment more. Go to fanduel.com slash locked on. as we continue with today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day. For your second listen, check out Locked on College Basketball for everything you need around NCAA basketball in one spot, wherever you listen to your podcast, including this app here. And we're with Gerald Huggins to draft HBCU, and we're talking about the NFLPA Bowl and the players who are in it. And I want to start off with Kamari Avery because to me, He's the most interesting prospect in here just because of how his first year of Bethune was versus the second year of Bethune. It just intrigues me so much. Where do you see his draft stock at right now? Well, firstly, um, you know, he's a transfer from um, from a big time school. And, you know, everybody's story is different, but he's going to have to answer some questions about why he ended up at the Bethune Cup. That's the first yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, so if he can answer those questions, and, you know, he could show that he's honest and he could show that he's, you know, right at his wrongs and he made his mistakes or whatever, whatever it may be. That's good. It's the first step. Get, the interview is huge. Like, everybody tell you, those interviews are huge. Even though we've heard, like, horror stories of how some of these questions would be are given to some of these players, your interviews are really good. Like, even if you can't even participate in the game, like, there are some players that can't participate in games. They, they have really good interviews. And guess what? When their pro day comes around, then, you know, then we'll see what happens. And their draft stock goes up. So for him, also that's first thing. Secondly, he has to be able to show that he can. Well, and my my, my biggest critique on him is his blocking ability. I, I just think that for the size he is, uh, I just feel like his blocking ability just could be a little more consistent. Just a little things about just hand placement, drive, and just getting some good knockback off the ball. Uh, I just feel like at six five, they listed him at six five two sixty at uh, the NFL PA bowl. He's huge. That's a big. That's a big. Yeah. That's big. I mean, when you watch him, even in the practices, when you watch him, it's like he's not a twitchy guy. So, you know, he's not going to, I don't know, he's not like a, a Kelsey. He's not like, God, I, I hope I can say this name. He's not like an Aaron Hernandez. He's not like a, one of those twitchy types of Okay. okay. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, it's just the world. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he's not one of those twitchy tight ends that are just going to, uh, you know, uh, uh, how do you say, uh, get open with their agility. I'll say that much. He is a big, he's a big, he's a big guy. He's big. Like he'll he'll lean his weight into you and then break off the opposite way and increase separation that way. Or he's gonna try and bully you. Because guess what? There aren't any linebackers, inside linebackers, or safeties or corners. There aren't even some edge rushers that are 6'5, 260 pounds. And he's a big 6'5, 260. Um, 
not the you know not the fastest guy per se, um, but he is good. But uh, but his jump ball, believe it or not, he has a pretty solid vertical. Uh, he has strong hands. He'll pluck the ball out the air. I believe his um his drop catch percentage was around ten percent. Over it's like ten percent between 20, ten and twelve percent, which is not bad. Um, you like to see you know for tight ends, you would like that to be a little under ten, but that's fairly fine because we all know his quarterback situation. Every ball wasn't placed perfectly, so there's there's that situation. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I had a conversation with somebody about that, man. I, I was saying <laughs> I think Jones is solid. I think he's cool, but he didn't blow me away, dude, man. Somebody, this ain't the time. We talk after this. Let's continue talking about Averick. We already said we're gonna talk, chop it up about something after this, and that'll be one of the things. Because I don't want to <laughs> seem like I'm piling on Jones. You just reminded me of a conversation I had in the DMs with somebody else about him. So we'll continue with Averick and, and his skill set. Uh, so just go ahead. <laughs> No, that's no, fine. Yeah, he's up. Uh, but outside of that, like you want to see a 6'5", 260 pound tight end that can move. I mean, that's that's good. I mean, you you really not get in a situation for him. We just need you to be a possession guy. You know, he has ability to get yards after the catch because I mean, at the end of the day, he's just really big. Um, I mean, and the thing about it, like the leg drive that I wonder where it's at in the blocking. You see it when he gets tackled. Like he's not an easy guy to tackle. But you can mm-hmm. tackle him, but he's not easy. To, I want him to be harder to tackle. He's 6'5", 260. So, uh, but outside of that, red zone target, he's fine. His intermediate routes are, you know, are getting crisper as the days go on. He's a deep route guy. He, they, they like to throw him deep. And then his quick, you know, his, uh, his shorter routes, you know, he's not twitchy. So he's going to have to really get big. He's going to have to get big on people be able to create separation just with all strength and size alone. And then he's going to be, he's going to have to make contested catches. That's just the kind of tight end he is right now, but you can work on different type of techniques to get open in your route running and stuff like that. But he can run every round of route tree. Now, some are a little better than others, but I think he's best suited for intermediate routes when it comes to his route tree. Yeah. And a couple of the other guys when they're switching to the defensive side are Keenan Isaac and then Isaiah Bolden, both of which, you know, a fish looks just like a fish when he's surrounded by fish. A shark looks just like a shark when he's surrounded by other sharks. Sometimes it's difficult to really tell the difference when you have a lot of skilled players in secondary. And Isaac yeah. and Bolden, like I tied it in there, I thought I didn't know where I was going for a second. But we brought it back. We brought it back to the defensive backfield. And they were in there with some sharks, man. What yes. makes Bolden and Isaac stand out as far as just when you're looking and you don't want to gravitate to anybody else? Well, I was talking to Coach Nooks, and I think we came to consensus that uh, Bolden might be the best athlete in that. I mean, he might be the best athlete in HBCU football right now, and it's like out of all the prospects, just off the strength. Like, I know Land is a freak athlete because it's uh, 6'5 or 6'4, 200. Well, I think I saw you posted 230 pounds, which is good, by the way, but we'll talk about him another time. So, like, he's him and, yeah, huh? No, I was just I, I didn't I didn't see that. Oh one. yeah, 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 yeah. He posted I think he's posted two hundred thirty pounds, which is fine. So we we really want him two forty, but that's that's yeah. Fine. But yeah, so the thing about Bolden, him and Nugget, you know, Nugget Warren, they're both really good athletes. But you know, I I believe that Nugget Nugget is not as big as Bolden. So for Bolden to be kind of neck and neck with the speed that he is with uh, Nugget, and then I think that Bolden's a little more versatile, and Bolden is very fluid too. Like, I watched him at the NFLPA practice. I checked it out. Shout out to football game plan, Emory Hunt. Like, he does a great job of posting the practices and stuff of these all-star games for guys like us that couldn't make it or, you know, they don't have some sort of, like, 
virtual credentials, but the Shrine Bowl does. Make sure you watch Shrine Bowl. Okay. All right. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. So for Bolden, he's very fluid. Six two. You know, about two hundred pounds. Very fluid in his in out in and out of his breaks. He does a good job when he gets hands on his press technique. Um, for the most part, he doesn't really have too many weaknesses per se. I mean, it's just people want to take a shot on a guy that's that athletic, that's an FBS transfer, and can run, can return kicks. So not only is he able to, like he's he get in your face, and he's very strong, believe it or not, deceptively strong. I've never heard anyone say that before. Okay, he's deceptively strong. He can guard tight ends. He can guard corners. And I'm going. He can guard big receivers. He can guard small receivers, but he has the quickness and twitchiness to be able to do that. Uh, he's really not – he's not flat-footed very often. Um, and he has pretty good ball skills. So, I mean, the guy – and, well, when he gets the ball in his hand, as you know, because he's a kick returner, you just never know. When you, know, when you have those those DBs that have that, that special teams background with returning kicks, when they get the ball in their hand at the interception, man, those are guys you really like, okay, they might give him some points. So – I like Bolden. Coach Nooks is very high on Bolden. Um, I'm I'm a little more late to the party with Bolden because I was, you know, I'm be honest with you. I he kind of got lost sometime in in the in the film because you know, Cam, Hunter, <laughs> yeah, Sanders, <laughs> yeah, it's in his nugget. I mean, they were had a. I mean, he just got lost sometime. Aubrey, like all these, it was just a star, not star field. Let me not. Than that much because they lost. But man, you can do it, man. They got a, they got a, they got a good unit back there. They lost a really good unit. Like that was a, a for FCS program. That is one of the best back in back uh, back seven you're gonna find. So for him, he got lost, and that's not a knock on him because guess what? People still realize how good this man could be, and he he did go to Florida State. Uh, he he had a iffy time at Florida State, and he had an iffy go at it when he first got to JSU, but. He kind of got settled in. Coach Nooks think he may have been playing a little injured or hurt because he just said the difference between towards the end of the year and the beginning of the year was just totally different. Like he's just he's he's a really 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 good prospect. And also, again, though I got those, I love DBs that can tackle. He can really tackle. Now I think he's at Nuggets probably the best DB. Like when it comes to tackling, might be the best DB when it comes to tackling. Believe it or not, but if he's not the best, then Bolden is right there. So I will I will gladly attribute that to Coach Nooks because we sat we sat and talked about Bolden for about two hours this morning as we were going through his draft profile, um, and then watching him at the practice at NFLPA Bowl currently he is just it looks kind of <laughs> you should say hard to say sometimes it looks simple to him like I'm watching him in cover three and he's just just transition like passing receivers off and then working back to the deep third it was just so. Flew with him. He run the cover two. I mean, that's easy for him. I mean, they didn't even force, they didn't force him to sink at all. The running back came right to flat, so it was easy. But still, he's I, I like him. I, he he competes very well. Uh, you can tell he's a football player, and that's what you really want to see out of your state. Yeah, really that's exactly. And it's like you said, show you belong, and it looks like he's doing that. We have a couple of more players who are going to need to show exactly what they have in their running backs. We got two running backs from the D2 ranks that we're going to discuss, including a question about Eddie George and maybe a trend that could be created from this as we continue with Lock on HBCU. And wrapping up 
today's episode of Locked on HBCU. I appreciate all of my segment three folks making it to the end of the episode. Of course, we still have Gerald Huggins of Draft HBCU here, and we're going to talk about Darius Higgins. You say you just finished his actual breakdown this morning. So what do you see? And you got a real close up being a CIAA guy. What do you see in Higgins? No Sean Marino. That's his draft comp. No okay. Sean Marino. Um, Have we posted that yet? Or did we get it? Did we get a locked on exclusive? Um, I didn't put his draft profile out yet, but I did tweet a video of them doing things that were very similar. Um, but I could give you, I could, I could give you Bolden's draft comp if you want it before we move too far with Higgins and uh, Wilson. Just say it, and we'll get right back to, to Higgins. Greedy Williams. That's his like me some greedy. You really want big, tall, tall, twitchy. You know, it's it's it. Yeah, Greedy Williams. That's that's his. That's his job. me and Coach North came up with that one. We were gonna go somewhere else, but we were like, nah, I gotta go Greedy. Nah, all right. But um, I like it. Exclusive. I need yeah. a, I need a button I can drop. It. Well, it's cool. I mean, <laughs> but for Hagen's, you know, you know me. I love Jada Bayer. Yeah, yeah, I know. Hey, I know. I know it. Go the go go. But. <laughs> Behind, when it comes to D two, I mean, it was it's very it was Byers, Wilson, Hagen. Now, I will admit that Hagen is a more complete back than Wilson at this moment because Wilson Wilson can catch the ball off the backfield. Yeah, um, he's he's he you know he just didn't get a lot of opportunities. Hagen is kind of similar, but Hagen has shown that he's running well routes. He's amazing in the screen game. Like he gets, he has a feel for where to make himself a target uh, once he goes through the line of scrimmage, and he has a really good vision when he's going uh, when he's uh, weaving in and out of his uh, offensive lineman to get scores. So he's a one cut guy, not very twitchy. Either. Neither one of these running backs are very twitchy. They're not like Jada. Jada's twitchy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alfonso Graham, he's twitchy. All these guys are twitchy. Those are our little our HBC backs that are very twitchy. He is a one cut, I'm out kind of guy. And with no, my, there's nothing wrong with that at all. That's right, actually different styles. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with that style because guess what? That style does not lead to a lot of loss yardage. You know, it leads to, okay, I'm about to plant this foot. I'm about to plant this foot outside. I'm about to break it back to the right or whatever they wherever we may go. He has the ability to do the cut back and he has the ability to beat people on the edge, believe it or not. His coach, one of his coaches um, that coached with him, um, said that he's going to run a 4-4. Okay. I said, oh, that's not because. Yeah, I know that's that's great because he's six foot, two hundred ten pounds, and he looks he looks good. Like he looks like a nice size NFL running back. I uh, I mean I I I'm gonna go on a limb. He's he's gonna be one of those sneaky guys. You know, we had Trent Cannon not too long ago. Trent Cannon uh from Virginia State. Trent Cannon ran a really fast 438 or something like that, and then he got his shot with the Jets, the Panthers, and the Forty Nine. So I mean, with Hagen's um. I like that he's a three-down back. He's a three-down back, one-cut guy, and he's strong. He plays behind his pads. If you hit him in the thigh, you might fall off of him. Their arm tackles are not going to work on him either. And he does showcase that breakaway speed. Now, granted, people are going to say, well, he's doing that against D2. Da, da, da. Well, go watch the NFL PA Bowl practice when he ran a wheel route against a linebacker from an FBS school. They were 15 yards apart. <laughs> yeah, and, and and you mentioned that. Let's talk about Wilson because that's one of the things that you said with the difference. Mm-hmm. I've seen Wilson catch, but mm-hmm. do you think that's something that he will do on the next level? It's very rare 
that you see a guy who did not catch the ball frequently in college translate to the NFL and catch the ball more. The only example that I can really think of is like Leonard Fournette when he got to Tampa, where he didn't catch the ball at all when he was at LSU, barely did it in Jacksonville. Then when he got to Tampa, he's like a receiving back of sorts, you know, with them. That's something to use him heavily for. So do you think that Wilson – do you think do you think somebody unlocks that that ability in Wilson? Do you think he's just going to be a bruiser? He's going to be a runner when he gets to the league. I think Wilson is a good enough athlete to be able to do it. I mean, Wilson is he does he hasn't gotten a lot of opportunities to do it, but when he does, he's he's pretty effective. It's not like he's not able to do it and he doesn't showcase yeah. ability like he break tackles and get yards after the catch and stuff like that. Now, I mean, he runs similar route patterns as Hagan's, but there's just so many, there's so many routes that you can run at a running back position. He's not McCaffrey or no like that. I mean, that's just not his style. But give him a screen, just throw it out to the flat. Give him an angle route. You just, I mean, just give it, just give, let him try. And he's big, so once he gets his ball, his ball in his hands, I don't think people understand how big he. Is. I, I'm watching the NFLPA practice. He looks really big, like he's. From here down, he's a huge running back. So if you get a guy like that in space, like, so we comped him to Latavius Murray. Like, Latavius Ooh. Murray, you know what I'm saying? So it's like a Latavius Murray has a deceptive straight line speed. If you do not yes. catch him after the first 10, he's going to be out of here. And you know, he Mobile became, thing. yeah, and he became more of a receiving back, you know, as he got older, which is crazy, but he nice. guys came over to the back and it, you know, it worked out for him. I mean, he's not like a, like I said, he's not a McCaffrey, but he's he's a build. He, you know, he's able to. If you throw him the ball in the flat, he could take it. If you throw him a screen, he could take it. So I like that Comfort Wilson. I, I mean, my original thought pattern was really crazy. I, I might even want to say what I originally wanted to Comfort to. But uh, I just think that for him, is a bigger back that showcases all the traits you want to see from a guy. That's like, he's another one-cut guy. He's like, all right. And he's another guy that's like, okay, I'm going to run through the first half. So the second guy better good luck. You know, have fun. So, I mean, I like that for him. I mean, and he's not twitchy per se. He has some wiggle, but end of the day, he's a, I'm about to hit the hole and we out here. So he's a, he's a one cut, hit the hole, go. And he does have breakaway speed. So get the ball in his hands and watch him work. And the last question, Gerald, is we George as the head coach in this game of one of the teams. Do you think this becomes a trend? Trend similar to how the Senior Bowl is making it. This is two years in a row now for them where they have more HBCU guys on the coaching staff. Yeah, I mean, it's just the way the world is moving. I mean, how do you explain not being able to show that they could, you know, how do you, how do you uh, explain not giving them an opportunity? I guess I'll say that. Um, you've seen Coach Taylor. I mean, you see now he's a, I think he's an OC at a, one of the XFL teams. Was it the XFL or USFL? I can't remember which team it was. Like, I thought got you CC Taylor at first. Uh, I don't know. It's, I, um, I think CC Taylor was in one of these games, wasn't he? Or did I just confuse him with the other Taylor? Nah, no, Keith, Taylor from Alabama A&M, he was at, uh, he was at the NFL PA Bowl last year. I, I had, okay, I had the wrong, I had the Taylors mixed up. That's yeah. right, because I remember he was there with Glass. That's right. Yeah, he was exactly. there with Glass in the NFL Glass Glass had a phenomenal game. I'm glad someone finally pulled the trigger on Glass. That, that, that was crazy. That was yeah. That's all, that's all about that. But we we it's, that's okay. I'm going. Yeah, we gonna have some stuff to talk yeah. about that. Yeah, 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 for sure. So I mean, I ain't tripping. Like, it's, but end of the day, it's good to see because it's just also just it's just another way to shine a light. Like the, the yeah. Sean Bowl working with draft HBCU players. 
we're a little market. You know, it's just it's just us six people. You know, draft HBCU, just doing our scout reports, working, and then yeah. here we come. You know, us the Shrine Bowl, one of the longest running, best All Star game postseason yeah. All Star games that you could find. And they reached out to us because they they understand that hey, like listen, we want to make sure that we are in the forefront of this. We want to make sure that we're showcasing HBCU talent. And the Shrine Bowl, Shrine Bowl has been historic for having really good HBCU talent in the game. I mean, Teron Armstead is just one of the names. That's just off the top of my head. Then you got, uh, I believe, Kendall, Lin- Kendall Linkfu is in the game. James Houston is in the game. Deshaun Dixon is in the game. Like, there's so many guys from, and I mean, there was a time period where, like, oh, Michael Cole from uh, Alabama State. Like, it's just, uh, uh and, oh, sorry, there's another guy. Uh, uh, Cam Newton's brother, uh, his oldest brother that plays center for us. Oh, god, he played at Tennessee State. I can't remember his oldest brother. I can't remember that either. You know, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just the Shrine Bowl has done a really good job of like promoting HBCU athletes throughout the years. They always seem to have at least three or four in the roster. Now, this year, we have three. Um, we gotta do that again. We gotta do that again. Shrine Bowl, the Shrine Bowl, we gotta do this again. For the Shrine Bowl, do it. Do a match of the Shrine Bowl and Senior Bowl because the Senior Bowl only has two players, I think. Just after yeah, the- they have uh, Isaiah Land who was supposed to go Shrine and he he ended up going Senior Bowl, but that's fine. He has the right to make an yeah. decision. I just you know I I I, I was just you know per- personally I was like oh man you know he gets to come to I can see him in person you know sitting yeah. and see him often, but it's cool. Aubrey's gonna be out of the Senior Bowl, um, and then just look at the HBC representation and the players, man. Like we have. NFL PA Bowl, you have five. Then you got two senior, that's seven. Then you got four more, that's um in a um in a uh, Shrine Bowl. Like that's that's good. That's yeah. and then you have a coach on top of that. Then you got coaches and, and then four more representatives in the senior bowl. It's a lot of HBC representation happening right now. So it, it is it is great. It is great. And um I I'll leave it with this. I'll leave with this quote, man. I've been reading 50 books the second time I mentioned it on this uh on this show this week but it was basically about a quote from somebody he knew about once you successful people once you get something you never get full about how they're never fulfilling the goals you set once you reach them it's like okay now i want more and now i want more and now i want more and that's kind of feel like where i am with it it's like okay we got 11 now i'm trying to get 15 now i'm trying to get 20 but i appreciate you coming on and like i said we gotta do this next week and do a, a shrine bowl senior bowl mashup and do that video sometime early next week because the Shrine Bowl is actually going to be on Thursday. So we got to make sure that we get it out before then. But I appreciate you coming on the show as usual. Y'all know, man, support Draft HBCU. Go ahead and support it. He got the shirt on. I'm glad that he wore it. I appreciate you, Gerald, for coming on the show as usual, man. And y'all know, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day. On Monday's episode, we're going to talk about some of the highlights from this bowl game. We're going to talk about some of the things going on in the weekend's action of HBCU basketball. So make sure you're tuned in for your second listen of the day. Go ahead and check out Locked On College Basketball for everything you need around the sport in one place, wherever you get your podcast. And y'all know me. In the meantime, in between time, if you're looking for me, you can find me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Until the next time that we hear each other, family. Take care. Stay blessed. Peace.